Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday, Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Delmundo, getting you ready for the World Series. What? That went fast, fellas. Well, the weekend passes, all of a sudden, the LCS series sucked. Let's be honest. They were were not good. I don't know how the rest of your weekend was, but those were – those were blowouts. They weren't. It wasn't even really that fun. Yeah, I had the Phillies and Padres going seven. I thought that series was yeah, definitely yeah. going seven. I was hoping for seven just because I thought those teams were evenly matched. I was not surprised the Yankees and Astros went four. I regret not placing a, a bet on the Astros to win that series before. So, so now yeah. Rizzo can opt out and rejoin the Cubs. <laughs> well, I was, people I was are saying. Say people are saying. I know it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to happen, but we'll let Cody dream on that one. Let me dream about um, it, all right? Don't let me talk no, myself into it, though. I, I do kind of agree as far as, like, the LCS, especially considering how awesome the wild card round and the division yeah. rounds were. Like, it was, like, great baseball. And, I mean, at least a couple of the Yankees-Astros games were close enough to make it feel competitive. Like, but ended up, yeah, ended up in a sweep. Like, the Astros, when you really watch the games, you watch pitch by pitch, and you look at it, you're like, this Astros team is just better. They're yeah. just better. They pitched better. They hit better. Hitting the clutch better. It was just all kinds of things. So even though I think what the first or the three of I don't know it, it, the run differential wasn't too far apart, but it never really felt like as close as like what a box score looks like. Um, it just felt like the Astros just pit, again pitched pitched better, hit the ball better. You know, put the ball in play like they're supposed to. When the Yankees made mistakes, they took advantage, like the Harrison Bader uh, drop in center field, and then I think mm. it was Chaz McCormick hit a two-run home run the next day, like or the next uh, next at bat. It was, it was, um, it wasn't a close series, and I think the four-zero sweep <laughs> kind of shows that. Ryan, I how think... did you how did Ryan keep track of this when he was at homecoming for Mizzou? Like I was gonna say that the baseball was terrible. But the weekend weather was like Chicago oh, summertime is great. over. Like fall is so much better. Spectacular. The, the weather, the weather was shouts guys. It was like the perfect weekend to, yeah. to have homecoming. Like sometimes when it's this late homecoming, it gets cold and, and you don't, it's not the best weather, but it was like, it was sunny, high seventies, low eighties the entire time. It was, it was a perfect weekend for it. Nice. It was, it was perfect here too. Uh, yeah. Was spent, I spent my Saturday down in Lincoln park uh, and watch the Bulls get their butts whooped while also watching college football. Um, you know, I enjoyed the weather. I enjoyed the weather. Thank That's you. what I enjoyed yeah. the most. 
You got to take your wins where you can get them, Cody. I told you yeah. sometimes you yeah. got to sacrifice your team for a little good weather or a yeah. faster show, depending on which it might be. <laughs> hey, <laughs> by the by the way, a uh, big news at the Stuckmeyer household. Uh, not Ooh. only can my son identify our podcast music when it comes on now, but this morning I was wearing a Cubs t-shirt. He pointed to the logo on my chest and said, Cub, Cub. <laughs> One of the first 20 words, Cubs. Oh, so we got another nice. one on board, I think. Yeah, you got there a Cubs go. fan brewing. Yeah, Cubs big fan news. brewing in the Stucky household. Uh, well, at but, least he got. At least he was born after 2016, so it's no. <laughs> there's no drought for him. Yeah, let's just hope he doesn't have to wait 108 years. Uh, <laughs> Phil, so Philly's Astros. The way I look at it is, it's the could have been Cubs against the should have been Cubs. You look at the two rosters, and the thing that's so frustrating about it for me when I watch it is. You have so many guys that we've talked about over the years where you're like, well, they should do this. They, they should get that guy. Bring this guy back. Sign this free agent. You have sh at least four, Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, and Verlander. All four were basically done deals that they were going to be Cubs, right? Like pretty much every guy, yeah. at least maybe from the fan base's perspective. We know the Verlander thing wasn't like super serious, but of those four, who are the could ofs and who are the should ofs? What um, I think, I think if like the Cubs fans would definitely say should of number one is Kyle Schwarber. Yes, a hundred percent. I guess Verlander might might be up there too. Like, oh, he should have been a Cub. They should have traded for him instead of Jose Quintana. Whatever. I think yeah. the one that people would point to most is definitely Kyle Schwarber as a as a should have been just because of the way it you know went down because they didn't even offer him a contract. For last for 2021 like it was there there's so many different things that kind of went into play and yeah he had a, a really bad uh 2020 and i know he's kind of said out loud that like not getting that contract might have been the best thing for him something like that just because of the you know the kicking it kicking the ass that it gave him to kind yeah. of woke him up um so who knows really if if he not you know not going to washington or boston and now philly uh, if he would have been at the cubs instead like would he have hit the most home runs in the national league over the last two years. Like, I don't know, but um, it does feel just what he's done the last two seasons where it's like, if anyone, yeah, if people are going to point to out of the players and the, and the people involved in this series, they're going to point like this guy should still be a cub. It, it's gotta be Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. I mean, just for the sake of being different, I mean, Castellanos is someone that like still it honestly angers me a little bit more than Schwarber sometimes just because like he was so great with the Reds. Um, and they barely paid him anything. Um, and then, you know, I know this year in year one with the Phillies, the contract has been – he like the first half wasn't great. I think he was a little bit better in the second half. Overall numbers are, you know, average and probably hasn't lived up to what he's worth or what he's making for sure. But, I mean, here he is. He's playing right field too. Like everyone said the defense – and it's the same thing yeah. about Schwarber. Everyone says he can't play the defense. He's a DH only. They're both playing left and right field. I don't get it. I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense, but they're doing it. Um, it like I think that's the craziest thing about this Phillies team, man. Is like all year, everyone's like, "Oh, the defense is gonna kill them eventually," and you know, I, the pitching's just been good enough for them to not be put in a position where the defense has really mattered. I guess in a way, um, but yeah, I mean, Castellanos is someone that's like. When he, that 2019 second half, I mean, he played here for two months and people yeah. like love that guy. And like yeah. that, I mean, 
And I and I I say that be, for those reasons, and also like you know, after eighteen, I was all about maybe the Cubs shaking the roster up, right? If they would have traded Schwarber then, then I would have. I probably wouldn't be so hurt by what's been happening with his career since he was non-tendered, right? If they would have traded him after eighteen or even nineteen. They would have traded him after nineteen. They would have got the highest value. Like he had, he was he was great in twenty nineteen for the Cubs. They would have traded him after then. Um, got some some process back or some sort of value back, then 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 you could have maybe re-signed Castellanos, right? Or uh, you know, or if they trade him after eighteen, maybe maybe they sign Harper. I I don't know. I I I, I don't know. So um, it's weird. I uh, but yeah, I mean, Schwarber makes the most sense. I mean, it just sucks that you know I am I'm happy that the guy's doing well. Forty six homers this year. But it hurts. He's, he's, it hurts though. Like it, <laughs> like it, it, it hurts because they just let him walk, man. They just let him walk. And you can sit here and you can tell me he had 200 strikeouts this year and he hit 210. I don't give a shit, man. I don't give a shit. There's just, there's something he's like, he's the perfect example of like a glue guy. He is, he is, he has that mentality and like that locker room or clubhouse presence that like, every postseason team needs like it can't be some out of the coincidence it can't be a coincidence that every team he has been on since he left the cubs has gone to the postseason and has shockingly had postseason success like the red sox they shouldn't have even made the playoffs last year like going into that season they had they were everyone thought that team was going to be out of the playoffs going that year they fuck around find a way to just be good. They trade for Schwarber at the deadline. Next thing you know, they're in the ALCS. Now he signs a contract with the Phillies, and here they are in the World Series. Like, there's no coincidence behind it. Like, he's just someone that is would that is great for a team that is, re- like, ready to win or, or something like that. I can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense, but that's what baseball is. It just doesn't make sense for a lot of things. And, like, all that together just is what makes me so mad about it. He's a winner. He's a winner. Obvious shirts. Uh, Joe had a great tweet uh, saying we should be Cubs right now. Schwarber hugging. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and really the thing about Harper is like I saw Jack saying in the chat um, and hello to everybody that's joined us in the chat today. Jack saying, was he really that close? You know, like, no, I don't think Harper was ever that close. But the fan base, everybody just believed it was happening. The guy named his dog Wrigley. And that threw yeah. us all into a frenzy, right? And because of Chris Bryant. And he's friends like, oh, with, yeah, with Bryant, yeah. It's happening. <laughs> and he raved about how great Chicago is. And he'd go around the city of Chicago with Chris Bryant posting pictures of all the great places they were, you know. And you'd be like, all right, this might actually happen. Didn't he do an interview, too, on some podcast that said – and he basically said that, you know, Chicago was – like he really thought Chicago was a destination. I I, I swear he was on some – he did some I just don't with, think the Cubs ever really – dug into it right like that that was the beginning of like oh they're not going to spend they're going the opposite direction right yeah. Bryce Harper's well, not happening that was the Daniel Descalso offseason right yes, yeah. I mean, yes. So, so, but it was like one of those where it's like basically Theo had that like the whole spiel about fixing things you know doing like offense broke all that kind of stuff and then I think that I think that also played into people believing they were going out and giving Bryce Harper because if you you want to fix a you want to fix an offense quickly not cheaply but quickly you go out and sign Bryce Harper right so I think that that played into it why people thought Bryce Harper was for sure happening um you know I was that four years ago now like I don't know 
I don't remember if I ever truly believed that was happening, but it was like just from the way they talked about it, like he thought they were going to spend a lot of money and then they went and got, you know, Daniel Descalso. So it's like that is the. Yeah, it's, and, and it's, just, just to add to that, Ryan, it was uh, Chris Bryant that said Bryce Harper told him it was that Chicago was at the top of his list for preferred destinations. There you go. And so, see, that hurts like, like it, it was. It, it was close. So. Wasn't close, probably not. But for multiple years leading up to it, everybody thought it was, including mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, who was the guy mm-hmm. who makes the ultimate decision. So, you know, it's just a tough one to swallow. We've talked a lot this offseason and during the season about different guys. We've talked about the Soto deal and Shohei and all this stuff. Bryce Harper is one of those guys. You know, he's in his prime and he's he's showing you what he can do now. Like this offseason has been – unbelievable for him and you you said like the unexpected we're talking about winners cody i saw the stat that you retweeted like the phillies 19 less wins than the astros this season Mm -hmm. the biggest discrepancy in the world series since 1906 cub Sox. like i don't even know how they got here (laughs) honestly i can't believe it i I thought we basically eliminated them from the postseason and the next thing Mm. you know they're in the World Series, and it just it just pounds back the fact that the best teams don't always don't get know. there. The Astros are probably mm-hmm. the best team, and they're there, but they're playing a team that's got only has to get four wins, and yeah. anything can happen in those four games. And why can't that be the Cubs in the next couple of years? Make yeah. some moves, uh, right? No, I agree, and I you know this this whole this whole thing with Harper. I just remember whenever he got that contract from the Phillies, and like. Bryce Harper, over the course of his career, has been one of the more controversial players in baseball. Like, people either loved him yeah. or love him or hate him. And, like, when he got that contract from the Phillies, everyone thought he got paid way too much money. And now, what is the internet saying today? That Bryce Harper is on one of the best free agent contracts ever. Like, <laughs> it's it's just it's it's absolutely hilarious. because and I And I've been a Bryce Harper guy for a long time, not just because I thought he was – or I was hoping he was going to be at the Cubs one day, but just because like, he's clearly one of the best players in the league came up at 19 years old, man. Like yeah. I, that's someone that you definitely like appreciate. And the only way I would have hated him really is if he played for the Cardinals and that's it, but he didn't. So I can like him, uh, Bre- you know, go ahead. Sorry. I was say Bry- Bryce Harper always gave me like, Le- like the way people look at him is the way people like to look at LeBron. Uh, I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's like yeah. ever re he's reached LeBron James status of like a player in their sport or he ever will, but it's just like both were like mm-hmm. arguably the most hyped prospects to ever like exist. Like yeah. being on a cover of sports illustrated at 16 kind of thing. I saw a tweet um, yesterday. Well, I saw a tweet yesterday. I think it was a cover of sports illustrated yeah. from like when he, when he got the, like when he got on the cover of sports illustrated, like I guess before, I don't know. I just remember like the guy who tweeted it said like, so many years and so many days ago, Bryce Harper was on this cover, and now he's going to the World Series. And yeah, it was just kind of one of those full circle things. Well, well that's what it was. So I'm saying is like because he was like 16 at that point. You know, LeBron again was crazy high prospect, and they come in and they're not. You know, I think I think one one of the things not that people wanted to see Bryce Harper fail, but like when he wasn't winning MVPs like right off the bat, and he you know they, his teams weren't going to the play like that kind of stuff. That, that kind of stuff is like I think it was when you look at it with LeBron, it's like they they weren't not that they weren't living up to the hype, but it didn't do anything. They didn't win. Right they didn't yeah, win yeah, the they, big it, game. It, all that hype didn't do anything mm-hmm. right. Like LeBron took like till his like 
fourth or fifth year or third year into the to get to the finals but even it was like six or seven or eight years before he finally won a ring you know bryce harper has been in the league since was it 2011 and he's finally yeah. just going to the world series now so it's one of those things where again i'm not saying anyone's at lebron james level but it's just like these guys that were so hyped for so long at so young you know are only now making it to to you know the pinnacle of the sport like that's that's i don't know why bryce harper gives me that kind of vibe but like just, yeah, it took it took him a while, but he's lived up to it. Like he has lived up to yeah. the hype. And and that to another point, to the point of what we're just saying, like Harper's contract looking like the best free agent contract. Well, it's, that's just because contracts have only skyrocketed in value <laughs> or or in price since then. Like yeah. him and Manny Machado's contract, those like those teams have to feel great having those, especially with like what Juan Soto is going to eventually get and what Aaron judge is going to get show yeah. is going to get like, like, and that's like, you can add that to more like just frustration and why the Cubs weren't willing to do that. And we can sit here and complain about Tom all you want, or if it was the front office, whatever, like there's so many reasons why Bryce Harper isn't a cub. And it's not just because of Tom, in my opinion, I think, it, I think there is some, some blame with the front office there. And like Jed has said, like they they believed in some of those guys a little bit too long, and whether that's him or them and Tom's fall altogether, fine. But like, it's not just one person. So I, it just sucks. It sucks. So I, you know, because of this, I I have begun thinking I'm going to root for the Astros because I I just don't I just can't I can't do it. Sean has a good question. Do you think Harper would be a Cub if they never signed Hayward? I do think that is a possibility. Um, Definitely more likely. I, that's for sure. Yeah, certainly more likely. I also think um, oh. it's interesting the different paths of getting to the World Series, right? Like we're, we're thinking about the Cubs rebuilding the way they did it. The Astros have pretty much done it with their own guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the other side, the Phillies have thrown a ton of money at it. They They threw it at Harper. They threw it at Schwarber, it wasn't a huge deal, but big enough that the Cubs wouldn't do it. They they threw it at Castellanos, but they at the same time they've done so they've done more free agency than than the Astros have, who have been consistently good. At the same time, they've done it with hitting instead of pitching, which is the current route. Like when the Cubs won the World Series, they doubled down on all the hitters because there was so much great hitting. They're like, we're going the opposite way. Now you look at the Phillies getting there, and it's like. They do have some solid pitching. Don't get me wrong. They have good pitchers, but we all know that it was about hitting that got them yeah. to the World Series, right? And it certainly wasn't defensive baseball. <clears throat> we just, I think as fans, we kind of get stuck on whatever the trend is, that's the only way a team can build at that point. And I just think mm-hmm. it shows over and over because baseball is such a funky sport, because of a seven-game series or a five-game series is such a roll of the dice that you can get to the World Series a lot of different ways. It's not easy, and you might not be the best team and get to the World Series, but don't be afraid to try something different than what other teams are doing. So I'm not saying what the Cubs are doing is wrong. I'm just saying it's there. there is no set way to be like, this is how you get there. It is true, though, if you develop your own players, that's never a bad thing. I will like, say it, this. It, all, it always allows you to go. You can still go spend the cash. I will say this. And this, again, this has nothing to do with the fact that I'm probably going to be rooting for the Astros. Like the route that the Phillies took, like, like they'd be getting 
brutally murdered by the Philadelphia media. If, even if they just didn't, if, 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 if they didn't win that series with the Cardinals, even though they were underdogs, I feel like they would have been getting murderly or brutally murdered by the Philly media because they're like the second highest payroll in baseball and their farm system sucks. Like the way that they did it, like, yeah, they, they got hot and they're here and they, they could do it. They could make me look like a real mm-hmm. asshole right now. Like that's fine. But like, in the long term, like, do I think that they could consistently be someone like the Astros who are in the playoffs every year going to six straight ALCS? Uh, no, I don't. So, like, this is their chance, and we're going to see how, how it works out. And, you know, like, credit to their owner for, you know, trying to put a winning product out there, right? Like, I'll give them credit there, but the way that they've built this team, it's not like if I was a Phillies fan, I, I would be – living and dying on this world series. And then, you know, we'll see what happens after this year, because like you just the, like, I feel like even we as Cubs fans, like it, it gives me very like late two thousands vibes where the Cubs just spent money on guys, but they couldn't develop their own players. And, you know, guys got older and things didn't work out, you know, Harper and all those guys, there's, there's still like late twenties going, like haven't hit like that peak yet. So like, Sure, they could have more winning seasons after this, but I think this is this. I get, I, I get this is like their one chance, and if it if it doesn't work out, then I don't I don't know if they ever get back. Uh, let's let's talk more about this in a second because I want to get to Cody's tweet from the weekend that caught me by surprise, and we still are <laughs> going to grade today, Christopher Morell and Wade Miley, but I do want to hear about Shady Rays because I assume Ryan when he was driving to Missouri could have used a good pair of shady rays reflection off the cars and whatnot. Yeah, no, I, it, it, again, it was sunny and like, you know, you're going through Illinois all the way down there. So it's only cornfields. It's like no trees, no, no shade from the sun. So yeah, a, a pair of shady rays yeah. glasses would have, would have hit different on that drive. Cause it would have been awesome. But, um, you know, talking about shady rays and I know we're getting some of ours soon and I'm really excited for that. Uh, but Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shade on, shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Drop in the lake, off a cliff, anything. Maybe you're at Mizzou's homecoming and and you know you had Maybe. had a couple too many had a couple too many drinks and, oh, and you know your and your sunglasses fall off, your shady ray sunglasses fall off your head, um, break, they'll replace them, no questions asked. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality that I can tell you holding in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. It's free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And now exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. 
Yeah, I see what Sean's saying too. He's saying you're going to need mm-hmm. shades in the bleachers for those Mash Mervis homers. I, that's a that's an excellent point. Nice. Excellent point by Sean. Hey, our that's next partner point. is a product I use literally every day. Started taking AG1 because I didn't have time. Wanted better gut health, more energy, and optimized immune system. Now I've been on it since April. I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy, but it is, and it tastes sort of mild and tropical. Here's what it is. One scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right with a special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. I get a boost of energy, so I take it first thing in the morning, and it is lifestyle-friendly too. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, or dairy-free, you're all good with AG1. You're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than 3 bucks a day, recommended by professional athletes, 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop in a cup of water every day. It's so simple. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Cody. So I saw the tweet. Was it this morning or was it last night? You saying <laughs> yesterday. You, yesterday, yeah. <laughs> you are prepared for Kyle Schwarber to be remembered more as a Philly than as a Cub, and you hate it. Do you really think if they win the World Series, Schwarbs will be remembered as a Philly instead of a Cub? Uh, well, so when I tweeted, world. yeah, when I when I tweeted that, uh, it was literally like right after the game. So maybe I'm a little quick, quick to it, a little overreactionary there. The hurt was um, fresh, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, this is the way I was thinking of it. And a lot of people were in my mentions uh, disagreeing with me. And so if you go back to that tweet, there, it's a, there's a thread where I kind of explain like the thought process and the way I think of it is like, you know, he just hit 46 homers this year and in this first year there, they're going to the World Series. It's not like the Phillies go to the World Series every single year anyway. Um, it's a great sports city. Like as much as I hate their fans, like it is a great, a great sports city. And so theoretically, I'm thinking, you know, if he, he does what he did this year for another four or five year stretch while he's in the prime of his career, which I think he is like, he's definitely playing better uh, with the Phillies than he did with the Cubs. Um, you know, I think by the end of his career, people might think of him as a Philly before they think of him as a Cub because he was, he was a role player with the Cubs. Like I know he had the bit, like the big, like legendary comeback in 2016. Like I get it. Like I, I don't for, I, I have not, clearly not forgot that. And obviously the Schwarbaum bomb in 2015 against the Cardinals. Like I, obviously those, those are like, like Cubs fans are never going to forget that. I'm talking about the average Joe yeah. on the street. If you ask the average Joe, like Kyle Schwarber, like, like what team is he going to think of? Well, I think, you know, perhaps one day, not right now, but maybe one day. Yeah, I could see people saying, you know, Kyle Schwarber, Philly's legend. Like, it's, yeah. it, 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 I, I hate it. Like it, I don't, I don't want that. That's one of the reasons why I want to root for the Astros now. But like, <laughs> uh, you know, like it, a lot of people were like yelling at me saying that like, this was an awful take. And it's like, they, they just assumed that I thought that people were going to forget he ever played with the Cubs. It's like, 
no, like Cubs, like Cubs fans aren't going to forget that. But like, you think the average Joe, and we're talking about a freaking, we're talking about a sport that's so regional, like, like people who like the Cubs. Okay. Maybe the Cubs aren't a great example. Cause I, I do think we're very nationwide because of WGN, but like, you know, people who like the Mariners, for example, like you think of maybe one or two players on that team, but like Mariners fans know like every player on that team. Right. Like, I don't know to me, it, because baseball is so regional when it comes to like fans, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it'd be very easy for the random guy on the street to think that he's that, that, that he was a Philly before cub. And like, I don't think you could have said that last year. And he's put together arguably his best year of his career. I know he had a higher OPS last year, led the, or at 200 strikeouts this year. I get it. We still, big part of why they're in the world series and like he's had major moments this postseason like that's like that that helps cement it as well right like i don't know i just i feel like that by the end of his career it 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 could be uh i don't think it's there yet obviously they got to win the world series first and then we'll see but uh the chat's kind of with the chat's kind of with you cody like i see joel and jack i i disagree with this with what they're saying on the chat though, like he didn't have that many great moments and it was just 15 and 16, the scoreboard. Yeah. But like, those are two of the craziest, most historical baseball postseasons ever. Right. It was, it was the winningest, the, the biggest world series game seven finish ever. He walked, he walked onto that field in Cleveland and I was, I'm telling you, it was like, I've never seen that many media people standing with their phones at anything in my life as we stood there for an hour and a half waiting for Kyle Schwarber to come out of the dugout to be like, yep, I'm going to play. And it was like, honestly, it was like Babe Ruth walked out. It was, there was nothing like it. Oh, yeah, and then right. for him to play well and the Schwarber in 15, cause it was unexpected. Don't forget the history of when he did it. It like, it's, it's like buying a house location, 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 timing, timing, timing. I'm not saying he won't be big in Philly because he will, Let's not forget, they've got a statue of Rocky. He's not even a real figure. And they got him, and the people celebrate a statue of a movie figure that is a, is a made-up character. So if they win the World Series, I wouldn't be surprised if you got a Schwarber, and, you know, a, a Bryce Harper and Schwarber statue neck and neck, neck on the other side of Rocky holding his arms out. Like, that might happen. But don't forget what he did in a Cubs uniform because it's when he did it that really was so crucial. Um do you guys want to quickly do our a recap of our we, we should have the results now for our who you got up to <laughs> the World Series? And I mean, I don't have total points, uh, but I know I don't have a lot though, that's for sure. My no, my I mean we, really we don't I, we didn't have a scoring thing, but again, it was we picked four players, one had to be mm-hmm. a cub, and one player had to be a pitcher, right? Uh, And we went from everybody available and we said, well, we'll repick it for the World Series. We'll do that later this week. Um, And we'll let Steven decide who won. I think there's some arguments to be made. Nobody had a dynamite team. Like we left some really good players off, right? Like, Cody, you had Judge and you had Schwarbs. Mm -hmm. That's good. Jacob McGrom had one good start. (laughs) He he was the one guy who got the Mets a win. That's right. (laughs) But I also had, you know, similar to that, I had Bieber who went 13 and a third with three earned runs. Verlander. 
Altuve hasn't been very good. So I, I can look at that. Here's, here's, I'm going to state my case. I wrote down some notes. I'm going I'm to state my case for my team. And my team was Freddie Freeman, Juan Soto, Bieber, and Castellanos. Okay. Soto, mm. two home runs in the NLCS. Took him a while to get going, but he came through. Seven RBI total and 11 hits in 12 games. Bieber, 13 and a third, three earned runs, and he got a win. Castellanos had, has nine hits and six RBI. And then Freeman, his was so short because the Dodgers were done. I mean, that's more points, but he still had nope. five hits in only four games, including a home run, three doubles, and three RBI. So each of my guys came through with at least something. Whereas, like, you know, I look at Joey, and Joey had DJ LeMahieu. Well, that didn't exist. Max Scherzer wasn't great. Um, yeah, didn't even I don't, do you guys have arguments for your team? I don't think it's a runaway for anybody. Uh, well, Schwarber, you've been no, talking about him a little. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, Schwarber, obviously, he's had big moments, so I feel like he's like my runaway like leader right now. Aaron Judge had an awful postseason. Like, it's not going to change how, how much money he's going to get paid, but he had an awful postseason. That all I can think of is the one game he had a homer against the Guardians. Um, his postseason summed up is the final out the Yankees made last night, uh, which was him hitting a comebacker back to the pitcher. Um, DeGrom had one good start. And it was the one game the Mets won, so whatever. And I don't have Vlad Jr.'s numbers in around. Uh, I, I hope he did something in that game too, where they blew an eight to nothing lead. But I mean, yeah, I don't got I don't got a lot here Thanks, because Sean. most of my guys didn't even make it around. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, all right, Sean well, says it's Ryan, but for the sake of trolling him, it's Luke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I'm going to make my case. I mean, Rizzo, I will also say, like, for guys that had good, like, series but didn't make it further, I think that's what we said earlier. Like, like the the length that your team makes it also is a factor. Yeah. Um, All four of my guys ended up playing in the championship series. Um, I mean, Machado had a great year. He ended up with four home runs or great, you know, great postseason. Uh, He hit 271. He had, was it like a 910 OPS, four home runs. Um, seven RBI it all he had he had a really good run a couple clunkers there but you know who doesn't have a clunker or two in a long postseason like that uh Rizzo ended up hitting 276 he was he had a nine 984 OPS uh two homers eight RBIs like he also had a great run I would say um you know he had that home run I think it was game one against Houston had that big home run um th- that almost won me a bet but it did not um uh okay because it was what it was a yeah, it was like a 4-2 game, and then he hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth for the Yankees or something like that, top of the eighth maybe. Um, Verlander had that really bad game uh, his first time out, uh, but then he went uh, six innings, one run, uh, his second start. So um, a great great bounce back for him. And honestly, I, I might I, I might as well have just picked DJ LeMahieu because Jose Altuve had, I think, one hit the whole time. Um, so <laughs> I think I, he had – well, he has no RBI. Well, he, right? he ended Still up doesn't going, have an RBI this postseason. It's crazy. Yeah, I think he was 0 for 23 to start the postseason before he finally got a hit. Got to pull some juice out of your uh, steam engine it, right there a little it bit. It does, but but I think out of the hitters and like Cody, I don't have uh, Vlad's numbers ahead of me or in front of me. That that's his job, not mine. Uh, but I have I'm not really uh, making a case. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think for the hitters, Rizzo and uh, Rizzo and Machado. Yeah. Right up there yeah. at the top, a two two big top ones, maybe I don't know, maybe three or four best 
offensive performances uh, in the postseason. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, and I don't I, know about I, Joey. I, as I, a I neutral, as a neutral fifth party here, I'm leaning towards Ryan, but the jury's not. They haven't come to their verdict yet here. I, I'm just saying yeah. I have a very consistent team. You have a very hit or, like you have a real bad start with Verlander and you have an awful postseason for Altuve. Freeman's was short, but he wasn't bad. Soto was big in the NLCS. Bieber had two great starts, and Castellanos is still playing and he has nine hits and six RBI. I have the most consistent team. Ryan has the most um flashy, I think. You were you were like hit or miss, right? So I it's gotta be one of the two teams for sure. I, I honestly I, I don't care. I, I tend to agree with, go with it. I would say those are the two teams. It's a two-team race. Joey's very far in last place, in my opinion. DJ LeMay didn't even play. Cody, if, if Schwarber hits like a couple game-winning home runs, I'd, I'd have no problem giving it to you. But right oh, now, well, it's Ryan and Luke slash Steve is very close well, behind, and well, it's this, all going to come down to this World Series. This is only pre uh, uh, pre World Series performances. I think we're going to should right. we do another? Who you got draft? Yeah, no, I think we do just. We just pick players that are in the World Series now. We'll maybe we do that like Wednesday or Thursday, right? Do a fast, fast draft. Same thing. Four players, so everybody's going to have somebody that's bad on their team. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. down. Right. Let's do it. All right, let's All do right. it. Um, hey, let me do. Uh, I think I take it. Let's let's do all of the drafting or all of the grading here. In the uh, final segment, first I want to tell you about Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our pins and aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course. A family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even our favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, seven beers or pops or high noons right inside your golf bag. And you keep them stashed right by you the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use the code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. And by the way, don't forget the CHGO tailgates we've got coming up. There have been three announced, and you can get tickets now. Uh, It's the Packers game. It's the Dolphins game coming up, and it's the Lions game. Um, Michigan Avenue and Roosevelt and a big old party, 46 bucks, all you can eat and drink. Like. It doesn't get better than that, and we're all planning on being there. Hopefully, the weather's somewhat like this, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm pretty excited. Again, uh, make sure you go Dress to chgo.com and then get your tickets for that. What'd you say, Cody? I said uh, dress warm. <laughs> yeah, we might have yeah. to dress warm. Dress warm. Uh, okay. Well, uh, you know, you're talking about the tailgate uh, a little bit, uh, Stucky. Well, yeah. you know, DraftKings. You know, they're my new favorite app. And when you come to the tailgate, you talk to me about all the bets you're going to be placing uh, for the Bears game that day. You can also talk to me about what bets you'll be placing for the Bulls game because the basketball is back. The NBA is back. Uh, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. When you use the code CHGO, check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a stepped up same game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the point, uh, the download. 
the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Luke. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets. If your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook, use promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. That said, I'm probably going to bet on the Bulls tonight. So, whatever. I hate it. They They were an embarrassment on Saturday. Home yeah. opener, and you get blown out by the Cavs. I don't care if that team's better. Celtics come to town tonight. They're six point dogs. I'm riding them. We, I ride one more time. One more time. One more okay. time. <laughs> um, all right. So we I'm have 18, 19 minutes to do our grades because we have a hard out here because we got the Blackhawks guys coming up. Uh, we have Morell and Miley to grade. You want to start with Morell? Yeah. And I'll, I'll try and go quickly. Um, no, no, take your time. Okay. We'll, we'll get right. it in. I'll keep us on it. <laughs> All right, so offense, I go B minus, defense B, and overall B. Um, I feel like Michael Collado would be okay with this because um, part of me kind of wants to go A on one of these things just for the sole fact that no one expected any of this from him this year. No one even knew who he was barely really coming into the year. So, you know, when you consider how I've graded guys over the last two weeks, I've taken in the expectation factor and you know it's it's played a part but i went b minus on offense because yeah he came out like hot what 24 straight games getting on base all that he has he clearly has power clearly uh can hit to all fields he showed he showed that a bit um but by the end of the year the league definitely caught on a lot better to him the strikeouts came um, the strikeouts, the strikeout rate does scare me a little bit, um, but I'm hopeful. I think that, you know, he's, he's a nice, you he could be a really nice utility player on this for a good team. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about his future with the Cubs, uh, defense. I, the ver- versatility is what really makes it a B. Um, I think his defense in the outfield and center field specifically, uh, can get better, but it wasn't the worst I've ever seen. I don't have the defensive metrics in my head. I'm going based off the eye test Dell metrics as they call it. Um, but I love the fact that he can play all over the diamond, man. Center field, he can play short, second. Uh, if he can learn how to throw the ball better from third to first base, I'd love to see him a little bit more at, at, at third. Um, but I do love his defense up the middle, and center field is okay. But I just don't think we're going to see him a lot in center field next year with Brennan Davis coming up probably. So uh, as a utility guy up the middle or third base, I don't mind it. So I, I went with an overall B plus just because uh, – or an overall B just because, uh, you know, I, I think that he can be better. Um, I don't think this is the peak, uh, and he was just very solid. He had a lot of ups and downs like every rookie does. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, o- I'm, o- I'm okay with, with that. All right, Ryan, what did you give him? I yeah. think Cody's is fair. Yeah, I think I had I had his offense and defense flipped. Uh, I believe offense I had B. Actually, Frank, I think me and Frank have the exact same grade for Morel. Um, let's see, Steven, there you go. B for offense, B minus on defense, and then overall with the B. Uh, the offense, Cody kind of said it all, but the big thing was that no one expected it. And then, you know, the first at-bat of his career, he hits a home run, like, on the wave. And, like, it was no, – no one – first of all, no one expected him to be up this year, like he wasn't on the radar. And then all of a sudden he's here and he's like lighting the world on fire. He started off really, really good. Um, but he went like any other rookie does went through his struggles. And some of them were very 
you know, deep struggles. He had a, it was like a 40% strikeout rate in August. I want to say something like that. Um, whereas like his for in May, in May was at like 22% and then it, it ballooned a lot. So he ended up striking out a lot. And I know that I, I've heard that that was one thing that was a little concerning about him in the minor leagues was just striking out. Um, but he was, yeah, 22.6% K rate in May. And that jumped up to 34% in, in June. Went back down to 26 in July, then had 40 in August and 36 in September, October. Like it was, you saw, you saw the, the things that he struggled with when the league caught up to him or kind of figured out, figured out what best way to attack him. Um, so I will, I will say that he needed to do better at, you know, maybe adjusting back. And there were, there were points where he did. I know the end of the season, uh, the last, I think the last homestand or last few games of the season, he had like every single one of his hit and he had a good amount of hits was like, it was either a double or a home run. Like he had like a over a thousand OPS or at some point in the last few weeks of the, of the year. Um, and in those select group of games, which is a small sample size. And of course we know small sample sizes aren't, you know, you, you don't, you take them for what they are, but you don't put too much value in them. Um, yeah. I, I think, I, I think like Cody said, he, this isn't the peak. I think he could be a better player. Um, but the fact that you have a 23-year-old guy who has pop in the bat, who can p- capably play, and I'll, this will tie into my defense. I gave him a B-minus on defense where uh, he played well at certain areas. Like third base wasn't wasn't very good. Um, center field, looking at the metrics, the metrics don't love him as much as like maybe it seemed like on the eye test. And I know, you know, just getting used to playing in the outfield after being an infielder for so long um, is, is one thing. Uh, but he pretty much proved he could play capable defense at at least two positions, if not three, a good defense. I'll give him good defense at two or three positions um, and capable, you know, use him in a pinch when you need someone to play that position, probably in another two or three. Like, I think you have that and, and his arm is obviously really good. His arm strength is good. So there's different things out there. Um, but I think the bet, the best uh, indication of why I get or why I feel like he, this, this, he's going to get better is because he is a guy, again, he's 23 years old, he does all those things, but he's also just a guy who just, you could tell, loves just having the opportunity and loves just being there. Like, he works his butt off uh, because that, that's what he had to do years ago. I wrote the story a few months back when we kind of, when he first came on the scene that, you know, when he was, like, I, don't, I forgot how old he was specifically, but, you know, out in the Dominican, getting a ride home on the bus from one of the the, the camps or the, the, you know, yeah, one of the Cubs places back home. Um, and he was just stopped at a cafe to get something to eat. Saw the bus was leaving, tried to run out the door. The door jammed, it shattered on him. And he like, you know, he like the tendon ripped. I think there was nerve damage in his arm. Like he had all these different things going against him and he worked his butt off to get back. And he, I want to say he came back even earlier than he was supposed to, maybe even like a, a year, not like completely back, but he was like doing things way earlier than like doctors were gonna, were telling him he was going to do it. Uh, so it was like when you see a guy with that kind of work ethic to get back from a very like traumatizing injury, a big time injury uh, to now being only 23 years old and playing basically the entire season in the major leagues. And I, I, I get the feeling that this isn't, this isn't done. Like he's not done improving. He will get better. And at the very least, if he's a guy that can be on your team for years and is just a utility player, but starts a lot of games because he fills in all over the field. Like that's better than having three guys who can only play one or two positions on your bench. Like you got, you got one guy that can do that in multiple spots. 
and that saves you a lot of roster flexibility, a lot of you know money. Um, and, but I, I overall, I think again, I give him a B. Uh, I think he can be better. I think he wants to be better. I think he can, you know, he will be better. Um, but this was like a good baseline season to see like what can this kid do at the major league level. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. I, I there's so much upside in what he provides, even if it's just like super utility guy. And Sean was saying that in the chat, worrying about like where he might fit in. I saw Kalada on the chat finally chiming in and saying C plus offense, B defense, a lot of nobody on one two out hits. I'm not going to blame him for guys not being on base. I, I look at his numbers. And by the way, I did expect Kalada to chime in with Ricketts says straight A's. He was cheap. That's mm-hmm. that's the tweet I was expecting, Michael. Now, I, I was expecting him. I, the, I was expecting like actually worse from Kalada because like yeah. we've been very opposite about about all of them and like this is pretty fair from all of us and he's pretty much the same so i mean this is a big big day for this podcast history i think all right so here's what i went with (laughs) um i again i went with a similar report card to nico to Contreras, to hap all those guys i believe i ended up with a b plus and morell wasn't as productive as those three guys but he had zero expectations he cost you nothing he burst out of the scene on the scene out of nowhere. And like we've been saying, you guys said he played so many positions. So for a young guy playing the most baseball he's ever played, he had 47 RBI and 16 homers. 16 homers, fourth on the team, 47 RBI, fifth on the team. That's for a guy that we didn't really even know his name going into the season. So that's that's why I have to put him up that high. He played 113 games, the exact same amount that Wilson Contreras played. And I kind of went and I just eyeballed the numbers, whether it was home runs, RBIs, OPS, all those things. He's really close. He He's slightly below what Wilson Contreras did offensively. And we've talked about how this was Wilson's best offensive year of his career and raved about how great he was offensively. Plus this kid broke into the majors and played all these positions. I have to say, I feel good about the B plus like maybe that's optimistic um, because like you said, he ended up at 235. He struck out a lot. Yeah. No, no expectations. I, I <laughs> yes, Sean, I know he wears Michael Barrett's original number <laughs> and those are big shoes to fill, but you know, I think uh, he, he, he gets a B plus for me. I thought about just going straight B and then I was like, no, he overachieved. This guy came out of nowhere and he went through the bumps of the league, and he went BB. So that's why I bumped the upgraded overall to a B plus. I mean, if you would have told me Christopher Morrell was going to hit 16 homers, 47 RBI, and play over 100 games for the Cubs this year while he was 22, 23, I don't know how you couldn't put him over a B. So that's mm-hmm. that's how I did. Now Wade Miley, that's a different story, Cody. That's a tough I, one I, to grade. I'm, that's a I'm, tough I'm, one to grade. This is really was, tough to grade. I mean, he only made eight starts. Yeah. Before we go to Miley, I just I do want to say that, you know, in regards to what you guys said, I do think that Morrell, one of the things that I think, and this is why the Cubs should absolutely be, like, competing next year, is, like, he just, you know, I always love to talk about vibes, but, like, he brings an energy yeah. that no one else brings, and that's that's vibes, man. Like, yeah. and it's it's – it's a lot of like what I said about Kyle Schwarber early in the show. Like he's like a glue guy. And I feel like Morrell could potentially be someone like that, where he just has this, this aura, this energy that 
that brings a winning mentality to this this team. That doesn't mean that I say that he has to play every single day. Doesn't mean that he has to play one position. It just means that he is a guy that is a I, he could be. I don't want to call him a pillar of many pillars on this team, but he is someone. He is a guy. He there is no reason this guy can't be a productive player on a winning team. So and don't that's don't forget, Cody. He led the league in fist bumps and hugs as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And some that's, that's, you know. that's something yeah. right there. And, How many and, people and, get and, that? And, Even the umpires. Yeah. Every he was the yeah. nicest guy to the umpires in the entire that's league. Right. For sure. Oh, yeah. That's a bonus. Do it <laughs> okay. with a smile. All right. Wade Miley. What do you got? Wade. Wade Miley, Steven, you want to bring it up? All right, so this, I don't know. You know how Dell Metrics works. It doesn't make sense. So I go results. <laughs> I go results, D plus, stuff and adjustments, sleep, C plus, and then overall D plus. Now, I understand that everyone probably sees a C plus and they're like, what the hell are you smoking, Cody? Well, the only reason that I put him at a C plus there was because the stuff was good and like when he actually pitched. And, you know, like I, I, you know, he didn't have to, the only, you know, if you want to down me because of adjustments, well, he just couldn't stay on the mound. I honestly, when he was out there, he was, he was okay. And like, that's why D plus for results. The the only thing really that brings him down is the fact that he couldn't stay healthy. Right. So that's why overall I go D plus just, it's a lot like Kyle Hendricks, except that when he did pitch, he was actually good. He, he was Stucky's favorite player on the yeah. team because the game Stucky went by him. so fast i forgot like, about that in my grade yeah Ooh. right like it, it's just like it's just one of those things so like if i i guess i could go incomplete i i don't know like it's he when he pitched he was good but he just did not pitch at all like really he made what he didn't even make 10 starts this year eight, right eight Ryan? starts eight starts eight starts, eight like, starts he had one relief appearance this team would have I'm not saying they would have won 10 more games if he had played the entire year, but they definitely would have been a lot more competitive in the first half of the season if he had been able to go out there and start every five days. The guy was really good with the Reds in that ballpark the year before. He's put together a solid career in general. Like It's not like he was like the Cubs picked him off off the street because he was bad. Like he has a, he, He's shown over the course of his career that he can be a serviceable middle-of-the-rotation guy. So, again – I guess it's an incomplete, but like also like I, I I don't know where the Cubs stand on or or where on where I stand on where the Cubs bring it back. I mean, he'd be a nice depth piece. They're definitely not gonna have to pay him ten million like they did this year. Um, definitely a big like bounce back year for him next year in terms of just being able to stay on the field. But like he's just very when he is on the field, he's very solid. But the injury, the fact that he couldn't pitch is like that. That's the big reason why I go D plus overall. All right, Ryan, we got less than five minutes. Yeah, let's go for it. All right, Steven. Yeah, so I had uh yeah, results D stuff, adjustments D minus overall D plus. So me and Cody ended up same overall, a little yeah. different on the other stuff. Um, the results are a D because like Cody said, they were fine when he was out there. Like he had some really good starts. Um, a couple a couple bad ones, but not enough to really out I me. Mean, he ended up with a three one six ERA, which is fine for a guy that you're not, you know, he's not one of your probably at, maybe at best a three starter if he's fully healthy the whole year. Uh, so a three one six ERA is fine in that sense, but again, it all comes down to he just couldn't stay healthy. He made nine total. He pitched nine, nine different games all year, eight starts, and even like there was a couple times where he came back for a start or two and then went right back in the IL. Like it just it. I mean, someone someone said it in the in the chat. I think it was Sean. 
uh, that the move made sense. It just didn't work out. It was one of those. I mean, they picked him off the waiver for waivers for 10 million. Um, he was a one year deal. So it wasn't like he was going to have, you know, it wasn't like he was going to be part of a long-term future kind of thing. Um, and it just didn't work out. And I really, I mean, I always like talking to Wade. I know everyone in the clubhouse liked him and, and Jed talked about him uh, on, you know, a couple of weeks ago during the, the end of season press conference, talking about how a lot of guys in his position, especially a guy that's just coming to a team for the first time, like no real ties on the organization. They have just gone down to Arizona the whole season and rehab there to just completely focus on all that. Wade never did. Wade stayed in Chicago and, and rehabbed with the guys here, made sure he was around the locker room. You know, he's giving uh, you know guys bottles of liquor for different achievements oh. that they have. He's doing all this kind of stuff. And for a bunch of young guys, a bunch of guys making their first real trek in Major League Baseball, to have a guy who's respected as a veteran around and, and doing all these things to build a club, to help build the culture in a clubhouse that he may not ever step foot in again. Like that's that's a big piece of it, and so I think that really boosts that that gave him a boost in my opinion. Um, and then I guess I didn't talk about the stuff and adjustment adjustments, but like Cody said, it was again when he was out there they looked fine. I mean, um, he throws six pitches. His temp his tempo is awesome. So if you're looking for a guy who doesn't need to adjust to the pitch clock next season, Wade Miley may not be a bad a bad person to bring around because he'll from day one he'll have it. Uh, but D plus overall for me, it just, again, it, as far as incompletes go, like if there's one guy on the team that probably could use an incomplete, it's him just because he didn't pitch for most of the season. Uh, but you know, I guess you know, D, D plus is where he falls for me. It just, again, it was, it was fine when he was out there. He just wasn't out there enough. That's Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I, I agree with a lot of the stuff you guys are saying. And Emily said we should have factored in his amazing no-look catch while he's been interviewed oh, on live I TV. Even. I didn't factor that in. I didn't factor I didn't. in I didn't factor in the bronze shoes that he gave Jan Gomes, all that stuff. I should have factored in that he's a fast pitcher, that he's gonna he's gonna crank the game. Your along. favorite guy. You know, that's like that's one of my favorite things. So while the move was a bust, I would be willing to bring him back because I'm giving him incomplete overall straight D's just didn't see him enough. I mean, eight starts, nine appearances incomplete. Would I bring him back for half of that? Yes. Would I bring him back for 10 mil? Absolutely not. So that that's my deal with him. I'm just a straight D down. It's, it's sort of like the Hendricks report card. Um, I good teammates. They just weren't on the mound enough and they're veteran guys. He's going to be 36 next year. Something like that. So. Like, something like that. Yeah. He's an older guy. So I think you should be able to get him at a reasonable price to keep him around for the same reason, only less expect less out of him next year um, going into the season and hope you get more as opposed to what happened this season. So, well, that's one of the things too. It's like where he kind of came in and the, I guess even one of the expectations was he he'll be your number yeah. three. He'll be your number mm-hmm. three, right? You bring right. him back next year. That's certainly not the expectation. He, I mean, he, again, he had that one relief appearance at the end of the year. Maybe that's a spot where you got a, a good lefty reliever who you know can cover a few innings. I mean, because you have like yeah. if you go into the the season with a bullpen of Adbert and Keegan, those are your long your long relief guys, but they're both righties. Wade Miley, maybe he brings a a lefty a lefty who can go multiple innings in that sense, cover five five or six batters when this is a really lefty heavy, right? They got like lefty lefty righty lefty 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 something like that. Either either maybe, way, they maybe. need the depth. Yeah, yeah, they I mean, do yeah. for sure. And he's a, and he'd and he'd be he's a guy, guy who. When he's healthy, yeah. when he can go out there and pitch, like 
he'll he's always been a guy that can go out there and give you a, a lot of innings. Like he'll have his ones where he doesn't make a long start, but those were, you know, doing research on it earlier in the season. Like those, those were a lot fewer, far few. I don't know what I'm trying to say. That didn't happen that often. Like he <laughs> was a guy that could go out there and generally count on him to give you five, six, yeah, five, six innings. Um, and so to have that kind of guy in like your bullpen and then, you know, you're going to need more starters as the season wears on so he can fill in for a, a brief period of time like that may not be the worst thing for the Cubs to look into. All right. More report cards coming on Tuesday for you. Uh, we'll be back at 1.20 on Tuesday in studio. Uh, thanks to everybody that joined us for the chat in this one. And thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by America. Oh, we lost them. Sportsbook. Until Tuesday. Oh, there he is. Fly the W. Try it again, Luke. <laughs> Try-